Guys, be careful. Micah is furious. Why is he so mad? I don't quite know. Something about a look back, something about no new content. All I know is I've never seen anyone with eyes that particular shade of red before. I had no idea that's how we were going to start today's episode, but here we are in Game of Owns. I had no idea that it was possible for somebody who's normally so passive and agreeable to be so... So just distraught, angry, bull in China shop, breaking things. Really, it's it's. I'm so glad I'm not recording next to him because, man, was he angry right after that thing aired. What's got you so mad, Micah? So angry, just so angry. <laughs> <laughs> He's not mad. You're probably no, just it, a little bit meh. A little. I bit. think HBO misled us a little bit um, with the uh, segment that they aired on Tuesday night. Uh, in anticipation of season four, and in all fairness, it did say it was going to be uh, a look back, but also I do remember reading something about it being a look forward as well, and it really was just a recap from the perspective of a lot of the different characters, uh, or I should say actors, um, in Game of Thrones um, on what transpired in season three. Yeah, and right. It was, I think part of it was a bit disappointing and uh there was uh one of the trailers that we've seen uh before i forget which one it might have been the first trailer uh that did play right after this uh segment was over but you know i think people were looking for something you know possibly the characters talking a little bit about uh what to expect in season four with some scenes maybe that we had seen already but overall i mean it's something that you would maybe watch if you had HBO on and it said up next to look at Game of Thrones or I'm you know paraphrasing here the title but I just um the segment was cool but not necessarily some for somebody who is you know immersed into the uh the series the way that we are what the clip showed that I enjoyed was that the actors are clearly as into it as we are look it was a 25 minute segment you know where these actors are talking about where their characters went and what their characters saw in a show that we've already seen. It's true. But just that on novelty alone, these actors talking about their characters, I really enjoyed. And it's, it's almost, I found you kind of find out how shallow you are as like a person when you're watching these actors and you're like, man, I would watch these actors either act their characters or talk about those characters. I don't care. I'll watch anything. I like these guys. But that's how I felt. I think like, you just say that to yourself. Yeah. Watching this, I was like, man. <laughs> to be I, honest. I don't care. I just like these guys. I'm not saying it wasn't a good segment. I think from the standpoint of anticipating something about season four, it was obviously very disappointing because yes. the hope going in was that, okay, this is going to be juxtaposed later on, you know, the first, let's say 10, 15 minutes, there's going to be something that's going to be coming a little bit later on that's going to have these characters, the ones that made it through, obviously, talking a little bit about what to expect in season four. You know, what is on the horizon for Tyrion? What can Sansa expect? You know, have Maisie Williams talk a little bit about Arya and the Hound. Where do they go next? You know, those sorts of things. And I'm sure they're going to be doing some sort of um, segment in in preview of this upcoming season, but the way that it was billed, it didn't really deliver on what I remember reading at least. And, you know, it's, it's all well and good. Like you said, I think it was, it was very well done. Um, the actors and actresses seemed extremely knowledgeable about their characters, about the plot, um, and about what took place in season three. And they, they did a great job kind of cutting back and forth and walking you through it. But 
for me, it was just didn't, <laughs> you know, it wasn't, it wasn't that exciting. <laughs> That's all. I, it was really great to see Richard Madden and Michelle Fairley, though. Like you just said, at least talk to the people that had made it through so far. And, and it was a lot of that, but it also had them. And uh, they were part of what I think is probably one of the best put together recaps of a of a show to put together a recap of their own past season like i really feel like the 25 minutes just melted away i remember watching it just before we recorded and i was just like am i at 23 minutes right now like danny is about to do the misha scene like they they did a really good job of editing tightly with the uh things the actors were saying and and that's the thing about this special it only went up on youtube tonight so a lot of people didn't get to see it today but it literally is driven by only the actors talking about what is happening. So it's it's a cut back and forth between them saying, well, Tyrion walked inside here or, or uh, John got taken into a cave and the grit really wanted to make sure that he wasn't a crow any longer, stuff like that. So <laughs> uh, it, it, it was pretty cool. I just think that if you're needing a refresher on season three, this is something you need to watch. It's up on Wick right now. Yeah, watch it. What's the official name of it again? Just so I don't keep calling it the segment. It's it's the politics of power, a look back at season three. I, I don't even know how much it was about politics, though. It, it was just it's a power. fancy name for what happened because politics yeah. and power <laughs> happen in power. what it is. It's a recap and politics and power take place within it. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, I guess well, if you guess you, you can't can really just name a special this special. is a special. Yeah, That's you got to give it a, a <laughs> Game of Thrones special. I, I just knew it was called Politics of Power, so that's why we wanted to fit it into this episode. Big on the peas. Eric, why don't so you long. say that a couple times? Yeah, Politics popcorn party. Oh, popcorn pop, pizza party. <laughs> popcorn pizza party. This is the Politics of Power. But I, I enjoyed that they, they, they kind of just stuck with season three. They, they took their subject matter and they stuck with it. Like they didn't go into previous seasons, which is great. Of course, they didn't go ahead. Um, but this, I, I just enjoyed the, the further in depth. It's great. The reason to see the segment is that the actors are talking about it. That's, that's, that's really the reason it's, it's shot well, it's edited well, as Zach said, so that it is, the, you know, these actors are the driving forces behind their characters, but you really feel like you, you're getting to know them a little bit better. And, uh, Tyrion, you know, um, Peter Dinklage without his Tyrion accent, um, pretty much all the actors without their accents or with, uh, you know, higher, more advanced accents. Than the ones they have on the show, um, really just an interesting experience. And uh, Rory McCann, um, who plays the Hound, I know, is, awesome, is, right? Is easy favorite, easy favorite. Yeah, um, yeah. It just and 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 all of them are great, but his lines in particular, he seems to have a certain relationship with his character um, that is just uh, fun to experience um, in the way that this doc provided. So. Uh, you know, I did enjoy it um, very much so, and I'm sure that we'll get whatever Micah was looking for in the next couple weeks because there's still uh, almost a month to go, um, but under a month, so three weeks to go uh, before season four airs. We promised you guys that we would be talking about and following up on this trailer, um, which I believe is the best one. Can I say that out loud? I think you, you just can, did. Zach. I finished watching it. Uh, I was actually at a friend's house, and he just put it on. And after watching it, my question, the the only one and the first one to come to me was, that was 90 seconds. Yeah, it that's feels, what she said. It felt like five minutes. That's, what that's also what she said. No, but it really did. There were – they must have pieced together. You know how every episode has those zingers, those lines that are Kind said? of like what I just did. Yeah. Yes, kind of like what you just did, only yeah. they took all these zingers from upcoming episodes of Thrones and put them in a trailer. It's it's beautiful. It it really is uh, an art form, 
And um, really, I think that's the highlight of the trailer. Sure, we get a lot of visuals. I know one. You just you're, you're a quotes guy. Is that what it is? I'm a quotes guy. Mm-hmm. I know that. Uh, I know that we have a visual easy to please people. To talk about. But for yeah. me, it was all about the lines. I will. I cannot wait to hear and find out more about the context in which they are being said. And having not read, the quotes are a big deal to me. You know, people who read, maybe they need to cling to the images. But for me, it's all about the words. Yeah. Maybe. All right. Well, let's play it. Let's play it. It's a bit like Zelda music at the beginning. It is. That's that's probably my favorite part about the trailer is the music. I awake all night thinking about how they died. I liked how uh, Tyrion was sympathetic at the very beginning of the trailer. Yeah. Yeah, She's walking with him. We can avenge them. This is not good. Oh, that's how Jamie lost his hair. He was fighting with Oberyn. The world's fallen apart. Fighting with Bronn. Always keep your foes confused. If they don't know advice. who you are or what you want, I thought it was Sir Jorah talking <laughs> initially. And then I was like, but wait, that's Baelish. Did they cut Sometimes it? It is better to answer injustice with mercy. Oh God! Now that's just too much. That's amazing. Justice. Yeah. I mean, seriously. I'm running out of time. Yeah. I will not become a page in someone else's history book. Damn. Hey, Micah, what's with that night? Damn. We'll talk about that. Let him go. Roman. That guy's got to justify his mystery. I need to be needing that. Whom can we trust? Ourselves alone. Popcorn. He threw popcorn. Yeah. No, that was cool. On the throne. Yeah. Oh, snap. You've done nothing wrong. It's a big dragon. Now look at that. That's so cool. Yeah, so cool. More Zelda music. They have the smoke. It's like it's like that thing that killed Renly. It's like the Shadow of Edge, baby. <laughs> I wonder if we'll see more of that. All right. So where should we start in this trailer? I just want to say that I love the flow and the pace of it. I love how they use the music, and I love the more dramatic quotes and how they leveraged it. It just seemed to be a very dramatic, less popcorny, less Hollywoody action take on it. It just seemed very, you know, dramatic and and story driven. It was very cool. And those shots of Danny's army, let's get real here. I mean, she's mm. she's moving up. I remember a few seasons ago when she had trouble getting horses, and now here we are. Like they, She couldn't <laughs> water her horses, and now she's catapulting yeah. large city walls. You lo- you're, you're a quote man, so uh, what kind of quotes do you want to talk about here? A quote? Okay, how about this? Uh, sometimes it's best to answer injustice with mercy. And Danny, not taking Sir Barristan's advice, you know that doesn't come cheap, he's a knight, says, I will answer injustice with justice. So it's nice to see that although he's quickly gained a spot on her council, it is only that, her council. And she will continue to be the uh, storm-born, aka stubborn, uh, little girl that she is. Oh, it's it's a good point. I, I think that uh, she doesn't heed counsel very well. Uh, if, if you've noticed throughout the last couple of seasons, um, she has a soft spot, uh, in her heart, uh, for a lot of the people that she comes across. And we've debated, I think at times, um, you know, when we've talked about particularly season three, uh, you know, and, and her freeing of the slaves. And she, she then has a responsibility, um, in, in, many cases to care for them you know it's not just a matter of freeing them but because if you're freeing them from their captors uh you know what then is left for them 
um, aside from their freedom, which is obviously the most important thing, but they have to sustain. Yeah, I think we talked about the whole Yunkai economy collapsing um, after that, and so people would be poor and uh, they'd be free. Um, but as the city, like the city, wouldn't function in its in its previous state. It's kind of like when Luke Skywalker blew up the Death Star. And somebody actually compiled like a death count of like all the people who would, right. have, who would have been engineers and stuff on the Death Star. And like, they're like, okay, he's a hero. Great. But, you know, millions of these people yeah. died. Well, it's, it's kind of like that. What's happening with the slaves is the fact that she didn't follow the prime directive, you know, and understand that if you mess with someone's <laughs> ecosystem, some things are going to change. And That's I don't, okay. They don't really enforce that rule, do they, Zach? I don't think that they do. <laughs> it's, it's pretty much a slap on the wrist. I'll ask Bruce Greenwood. He's coming to a convention this I'm time. I'm just saying there was a whole lot of tanned people without their clothes on in, the, in season three in Young Kai. So I'm, it was close to a particular episode. But more importantly, is it weird or bad? I need you guys to tell me this. If the more I see of Daenerys and the more these seasons go on, I, I feel like I'm at a certain point now. But once season four happens and I see more of what I think will happen, um, I'm beginning to trust Daenerys a little bit more than the people that are with her like I know that she makes some pretty rash decisions but I think that she's so progressive like I realize she's she's overthrowing a lot of what these people are doing and now there's gonna be a whole lot of trouble coming after it but at least it's progress it's just gonna be all of the same over and over if she leaves them be like if if she left the Yunkins like that nothing would have changed like they would have kept being slaves like I realize now a lot of them are gonna die maybe and there will be a massive food shortage and whatever else is going to happen in season four. That's part of the dramatic plot. Um, I still think that if she boldly listened to Jorah and Barristan without putting her own opinions into things, then all of this really doesn't make any sense because then she's just a figurehead. I think she really wants to be very active in making her decisions. Yeah, and that can be respected. And, and um, it's either in this trailer or in, I think in another trailer she refers to herself as, as the queen. And I'm thinking, you know, Westeros you don't hear about it being run by women ever. And, you know, if she really wants to come over to Westeros and wants to rule it, she will be like the first queen, the first woman who's doing it. And I, I, I like her approach, you know, for being that radical changing factor for freeing slaves. And she's really going to create almost the first democracy, put her out of a job. Um, but, you know, you just get the feeling that she, she is passionate about a lot of those human rights issues because she's been on the other end of it and she right. would make a good ruler. Um, but I, I guess that issue in particular will be seen on a smaller scale than Westeros when she, as we see in trailers, she gets her own throne room or something here. So, um, you know, I think we'll be able to, hopefully season four, will have enough room in it to explain or to explore how she actually behaves as a queen and how she deals with these 8,000 slaves. Or actually, that was just the unsullied, how many hundreds of thousands of, you know, people whose Misa she is. I just think that we're... We're leading in a territory of talking about, you know, the overarching end of everything and, and how it possibly may go. But uh, without going too much into the topic, I, I really think that it's clear that whatever's happening in Westeros right now isn't working very well. So I, I, I'm i not one to say, uh, please don't go bother them. They're throwing weddings and doing so much important stuff like they're not. They're not doing really anything important. They they kill people on a whim. It's almost just as bad as slavery. No, that's true. I, I think that's a fair point. And what I had for, uh, quote from season three that I had forgotten, but was reminded of in the look back, um, not to bring that up again, uh, was that Melisandre said, you know, none of this squabbling among kings matters so much as the real threat be, that is coming from the north. 
Um, and right. the same could, the same could be said about the East. I'm surprised she didn't say, and also there's a chick out East who I'm worried about. Um, you know, should have seen it in her crystal ball because Danny's surrounded by magic. Um, but you know, th- those are the two big threats that I see. You know, I tend to trivialize or maybe because it's just in King's Landing, they talk a lot. Um, except when they're being sieged. I just think of the big, big threats as being Danny in the East and the White Walkers in the North. And so this Oberyn Martell character, they're going to have to pay me to be very, to see him as an equal threat, uh, I guess, you know, because it just seems like uh, the, the cards, have been, the, the big cards are already on the table. What if it's also the same with Danny, where her whole plight is just so senseless because she should also be focusing on what's happening in the North, or at least be wary of it and not worry about freeing people. Like if, if they, they're freed, fine, that's great. You can even come free Westeros if you want, but they're all going <laughs> to die unless this is taken care of. So it's kind of moot. Well, I think the good thing is that um, throughout these past few seasons and we see Danny, and she's like, she's not doing anything because she's not in Westeros yet. Um, but she's needed time for her dragons to grow to the point where they'd be able to, you know, do some damage. Now we're seeing they are at about that, you know, height. So maybe by the end of the episode... Sorry, by the end of this season, she might be on her way, I hope, um, to Westeros. But the good thing with that, though, what you're saying about her ignoring or not knowing about the White Walkers, you know, I think the only thing that can kill them besides Obsidian is fire or flame, um, as we've seen. And, and so really, like, as long as she has the dragons, if they're mature enough, it almost doesn't – well, for the sake of the people living, like, for her to go back to a Westeros and rule over a land that has people in it, it's important for her to hurry there. Um, but otherwise, it's just like, well, when she gets there, she gets there because her dragons can probably take care of whatever White Walkers there are. Unless she doesn't, unless she fails, because we don't even know. Yeah. What, I mean, she could just fail next season, and and I I don't even know. <laughs> I, I really I really don't know. It's just Micah, where are you? We need your help. No, Eric thinks she's going to be on her way by the end of next season. Um, you mentioned uh, the Red Viper, Oberyn Martell, uh, who makes a number of appearances in this trailer. He does, and um, you know he's. Uh, Definitely uh, has a lot of uh, questions that surround him. Uh, we see a very um, rare interaction. Don't think it ever takes place um, in the books, but that's sort of the uh, upside to being able to have this on television is you can possibly pair together some characters that normally uh, would never cross paths. Um, not to say that Oberyn being in King's Landing, he would never cross paths with uh, Cersei, but uh, look, they're having... Uh, quite the conversation there you know she says to him what good is power if you cannot protect the ones you love and uh, he very aptly notes that uh, you can avenge them and we know that uh, Oberyn does not have a good standing relationship with um, some of the Lannisters he obviously is the uh, guest of one of them uh, which we'll find out about this season but uh yeah, he's uh he's in a couple of scenes as mentioned, that one with Cersei. Also, um when we got that shot you mentioned when we were, we were looking at the trailer of uh Tywin on the throne. And um to his right or left, I guess, if we're facing the uh, screen <laughs> is Oberyn Martell. Yeah. It's interesting that he plants himself so closely to like he's he's got to be on the king's council in order to sit there, right? I, honestly, anything could happen to set that up. It's hard. It's hard to guess. They they could yeah. literally have found a body in there, and like Tywin's just sitting down because he's tired because they ran. You know what I mean? <laughs> there are other chairs to sit on. Yeah, but that one's the coolest, and he's like yeah, maybe that's was the coolest chair reprimanding you know, Cersei. But uh, another quote from this trailer: um, Cersei asks Tywin, "Who can we trust?" And Tywin says, "Ourselves only." 
Mm-hmm. And then there's a shot of somebody grabbing a sword. Um, yet again, the, I, mean, I mean, I think the Lannisters feel a little bit more caged in um, than we've seen them. Or maybe it's just you know speculation on my part. But uh, it seems like they're beginning to feel like uh, there's no one to try. Like they have no allies. That's what that quote means. So it's interesting that they should have to state that. Well, is that the case though? And I, I hate to just to debunk that by saying they have one ally, but right there in the very beginning of the trailer, when um, Cersei is walking with Oberyn and looks out to her right through it, and the shot immediately goes to Jaime and Bronn with the swords, it looks like before we were kind of led to believe that that was a fight. But maybe the way this is showing it in the trailer, and it could just be a device of the trailer to fool us, but it looks like she's looking out at them and she's not yelling don't kill him he has one hand it looks like she's looking out like oh they're training together is what it kind of looks like to me yeah that's what i think it is they're getting a little training session if if they could have picked one character close to my heart to train with jamie lannister to warm me up (laughs) a little bit more to jamie lannister uh because he's definitely likable and he's done a lot of bad things at the same time so i think that maybe they know how much we love braun and kind of like how everybody loves Braun, he's kind of an audience favorite because he doesn't do much wrong. He just helps out Tyrion, who we like, and it has funny yeah. shit to say while he does it. Maybe they picked Braun to train with Jamie because he's a likable dude. Like maybe he's cracking jokes while Jamie's like fighting him. Yeah, I mean, I would think that there's going to be some comic relief in that scene for sure, That's or awesome. maybe series of scenes, you know, depending on how much training actually goes on. But I did want to go back to the the throne room for a second. You know, Tywin sitting the Iron Throne. Um, because Tyrion has a line there and he's speaking to Tywin and he says, you know, we mustn't disappoint father. And, um, if you notice, he's got some stuff around, um, his wrists and, um, that should be an interesting scene. I mean, Eric, you've kind of theorized on it a bit in past episodes that clearly, um, you know, Tyrion appears to be in some hot water with his family. Maybe he did it. Maybe he disappointed father. He may have disappointed or, um, you know, made him very happy. Who the hell knows? But if he did, he probably wouldn't be in change. <laughs> in change. <laughs> I'm still not sure what happened to Tyrion, honestly. Like, I, I don't know if that line is misleading. I don't know if his family is the one yeah. who put him in chains. I kind of doubt that because you know, at the end of the day, if the Lannister is in trouble, it kind of makes all the Lannisters look bad no matter what. So I don't know, mm-hmm. honestly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Good point. How about Baelish? Um, he gets a lot of time, at least his voice does, and then we see <laughs> – you know about a scene of him or a shot of him i should say and um you know he says always keep your foes confused if they don't know who you are and what you want they can't know what you plan to do next that's a bit like an allegory for how we feel about Baelish. you know we don't we, we never Varys, know or Varys, Both of them. I was yeah absolutely I was like we we really don't know what they're all about um and we don't know enough about them to predict what's going to happen next. They're, they are wild cards. They function that way in the show, I think. I've never really talked to anybody who's like, I have my finger on what Baelish is doing um, because he, he disappears for long periods of time and offers things that we think are for one reason and they're not. Same with Varys, so. Yeah. No, it's a great point. To see more of them. Uh, yeah, it kind of makes me miss seasons one and two because there was so much more Varys and Littlefinger. It was a lot of that. But why Why do you think that was, though? That it was like more Set them the stage. Yeah, I them. think it was setting up their characters, definitely. Okay. 
So it's just employ it uh sorry, it's implied that they are They're power players. They're yeah, absolutely they're power definitely players. power players. This is gonna turn to a long conversation about Baelish and Varys, but essentially at the end of the day, it appears that they're doing so much. I mean, look what Baelish just accomplished. And since we're talking about what he was awarded, again, just a revelation from the looking back, I had forgotten. He's now betrothed in the upcoming season to Liza Aaron. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so get ready to head to the Erie. The Erie. That's super exciting. So that that in a if way they was film my... ba- Baelish there, do you think that he'll get his own scenes? Ooh. Well, can we talk about pyramids? There's a pyramid. Uh, it appears yeah. to be Incan and yeah, design. I want to or... know what the story is with those pyramids. <laughs> Marinish. I want to know, I know what, what animals they use. Maybe there are uh, banthas or dewbacks or something. I want to know what they use. <laughs> camels in ancient times. Yeah, camels. We still don't know that though. We don't know about Egypt and all the pyramids. So I want to hear the fictional story. I want to hear what George R. Martin thinks, you know, because we learned so much about what it was like in the medieval times, what a helm is. And, you know, I really want to know what he what his take is on the pyramids. Cool. Well, I know that people have been calling the city marine and I know that it's what it said in the official uh, breakdown Mirene. thing that we read. Mirene. But I don't know anything about it, so it's hard for me to gather an opinion. It looks pretty, and I'm glad that they have a CGI budget that is good still. That's awesome. But beyond that, I I just – I see it, and I think very cool shot. To just kind of uh, generalize, I mean it's it's another one of those cities that is a part of uh, what's known as Slaver's Bay. It follows suit with with, what we saw uh, in Yunkai and what we saw before that with the Unsullied. So – uh, it's just a um, never-ending kind of sequence, and that I think that's why you know not to detract for for too long here, but I think that's why a lot of book readers get frustrated um, with her character too, is because it's a lot of the same over and over again. It's it's just you know it's liberating really city after city after city, and it gets to the point where you know we talked about this um, a bit before. You know, well, how do you then care for those people? How do you support those people if if they choose at the end of the day not to join your cause or to to go and kind of be on their own? Have you condemned them to something worse than what they were going through? You could argue that in in probably many different ways, but just uh, just something to think about as we we look at her character. We've talked a lot about her, but what I really want to talk about, um, sort of the the big centerpiece in my opinion of this trailer um was what followed the conversation between Stannis and Davos um you know Stannis had that line that he's not going to be a page in somebody else's history book great line great line and it cuts to this wide shot of a city with a absolutely massive structure which is sort of the entry point yeah, I'm paused on it right now, and it's absolutely epic. I know a lot of people have been very excited on Twitter about this. Um, so I think we unofficially know what the name of this is. Eric, I'm not sure. Mike, I'm sure is. I'm looking under the large, tall man's skirt, and I see what you said to be an entryway. So it looks like it's a city inside of a bay <laughs> or something. There. Is, am I right here? It, it looks like it's uh, connected to a larger body of water. It's, it's, it's a port of entry, yeah. That's so cool that they – zoomed it out on a scale like this and gave us uh, some nice perspective because I know that's usually a mechanic utilized in cinema and maybe it's just something they don't have to do in TV shows. I know they've done this for Thrones in the past before, so this isn't anything new. But wherever it is, 
whatever it is, it looks like a badass place. It reminds me of Baldur's Gate. And I don't know why. If anyone knows that, they know it, but it does. It's awesome. Yeah. Hey guys, why, why does the statue have four toes? Well, what definition are you watching it in? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even see what toes he has. No, no, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It looks you like a tree. You might be able to see that from the ship. I don't know if you can see that from... That was a reference. Certain people got it. Certain people didn't. <laughs> no, <laughs> definitely not. Uh, but Is it Storm Set? Uh, yeah. Did we say that? Is it Storm's End? No. I know where no. it is, just because oh. everyone hashtags what it is. It's going to come up on the map at some point during the season, and people recognized it right away, and I saw it all over, like you're saying, social media blew up with it. So now it's just a don't tell Eric what it is game. <laughs> it's it's no. a city that you've heard of before. All right? It's, it's a city, city of justice. Home. It's a city of love. It's a city of peace. It is Everyone a, loves. the home of Cereal Pharrell, the home of Jack and Hygar. Uh, bravos. Yeah. Well, bravos, gentlemen. Yeah, bravos. bravos. Ma- many bravos. It just looks awesome. It looks it looks like you'd have a lot of fun there. A lot to do. I'm thinking of yeah. all the recreational activities that are possible through these waterways. Just endless. Oh, you think of water slides or like those slow like tube rides that where you just get, grab a tube and you lay in the sun and float along. Now the question begs as the trailer misleading <laughs> and you know, is our status and Davos headed there? I mean, they are on a ship f- during the, uh, the shot that we see or could other characters be headed to Bravos? That's a fair question. Why are we seeing Bravos? Right? Yeah. It, it doesn't strike me as a place that Stannis would visit for soldiers. If that's what he needs. Um, because they seem to be independent, you know, in the art of doing their own thing. I think the shots were kind of misleading. I mean, that's sort of what trailers do, so I'm not going to trust it if they want to put that back and forth between each other. I mean, I'm looking at this, the shot of uh, Drogon there at the end with all the beautiful, beautiful goats running away. It's a shot of O'Baron kissing someone right before that, so I don't think that there's a connection between those either. <laughs> I just think more cities should have giant statues uh, leaning into them. I think uh, in Trafalgar Square in London, there may be a statue of Napoleon that's up, but it's it's regular. It's like pretty much life-size. It's pretty short. With a giant, giant pillar. Um, yeah, <laughs> he was a short man to begin with. Um, they put him up on a, a pillar. I think it's Napoleon. Uh, but then, of course, we have the Statue of Liberty, which is kind of cool. But again, they're too few. You know, too many, too few. That is too so few. true, actually. Too far between, you know? We need giant Titan-like statues. I, that I agree. That is a big way to to, to introduce Say anything. City. We will be headed to Bravos, or at least be seeing it from afar in some capacity um, this season. So that's exciting, knowing that we've had two characters that are from there and uh, who we would course be happy to see again we'll uh, wait and see how that all plays itself out a lot of the other stuff was just really quick kind of cut scenes a lot of fighting going on you know we sh- saw shots of the hound uh shots of john shots of egret egret kind of gets a talking to from uh tormund uh at one point and um i'm excited man i feel bad for I that goat that got I think it got destroyed. Away. Come on. You think, you think it got away? <laughs> Absolutely. Like, I know dragons are mischievous, dangerous creatures, but goats aren't afraid of anything. And they also eat everything. <laughs> so I think that goat could easily eat the dragon if the dragon were asleep or something. Like, the goat would not care. It scales and all and just deliciously munch on it. I think the goat made it safely back to Mance Raider's camp. I've seen a goat eat iron before. 
a piece of iron. So we hope that you guys also enjoyed the trailer and also this episode of us talking about the trailer and other things. So, Micah, let's pick up the bat phone, call each other on it, and then ask Eric kindly to read off some social things for us. In 171 <laughs> seconds or less. I'm just joking. Well, we yeah, heard you don't have from to do Tori Targaryen who says, Titan of Bravos, hands down, stole the show, was not expecting that one. His hands were up, weren't they? What's that? Hands I think were up. One was up, one was down. <laughs> That's true. Hand down. Oh, gosh. And uh, three epic Get dragons. it? It's a joke, Eric. I, I get the joke. I laughed on the inside. Tori Targaryen also said uh, three epic dragons, a close second. Yeah, that was yes. a very, very Grace cool shot. At what the Grace on Twitter says those dragons, judging by their impressive size, are definitely preparing themselves for a good, hearty meal. Cough Lannisters. Cough. Cough. I'm reading Claire Johnson commented on our trailer posts on facebook she said bravos nathan larson said wow i did not think westeros could get any more beautiful but i was wrong all of these shots were stunning mm. <laughs> kelly mealhouse uh, says the own goes to Jon snow for summing up what every game of thrones character knows to be true we've done everything wrong it's so depressing to think about ida Askoff says tywin lannister looking smug as fuck in all of the shots also, holy effing Titan. Of course, I said effing the second time because if you do it twice in the tweet, it's just <laughs> yeah. a little indulgent. But just a random doesn't care. They replied, hashtag nerdgasm. Whoa. Uh, Aaron May says, no Brienne again, but we got one of Ramsey's girls instead. At least Brienne fans have got it, haven't got it as hard as Samwell fans. Wow. Oh, hmm. Samwell. He was in the politics of power plenty. He was, uh, he was there at the end of the trailer, though. He made it. He was talking to John, and uh, as far as Ramsey's girls, is, is, that, is that the Oberyn scene? Is that what uh, Aaron was talking about? That's a long trip. Sand Snake felt the need to make a declaration. They said, admit it, people. You are all wondering what's beneath the Titans' skirts. Mm -hmm. Mikey, you said something to that effect. Is that really like an entrance to the city? I think Zach said that. <laughs> you <laughs> said Something it. about looking under the skirt. Uh, I, no way. I didn't say that. I thought it was a Ghostbusters 2 reference. Because there's, oh. there's, you were wondering too, aren't you, Egon, whether she's naked under that toga? Sand Snake <laughs> adds, also, Oberyn in a foursome, question mark. <laughs> yes, hell yeah, I want in. Gordon Walsh, our old pal Gordy, writes in on Facebook. He says, the Titan, with a smiley face, the big one, Man, capital D. people keep calling it the Titan. It's one of those names that with repetition gives you an even more foreboding feeling. Like, now that they keep calling it that and that it's called the Titan, but I keep hearing it, I'm starting to think... Was it really like this a living creature that was banished into stone like centuries ago? Would that, that would be, be the weirdest thing to ever happen? I mean, convenient that it's right at the entrance to the city that he's frozen <laughs> and put it. <laughs> As yeah. he was leaving, they were like, oh, no, you don't. Shroud Anunziata writes on Facebook, yet again, Drogon owns this trailer. Dare I say that Danny's Dragon Babies would own a nesting female Hungarian horntail? Question mark. Meredith writes, was just going to say that. Drogon owns again, Shrada. So people <laughs> like the dragon. No mention of the goat, though. Sad. I, I ship Drogon and Hungarian Horntail. <laughs> and with that bout of silence, I could have read more <laughs> tweets. If only we had more tweets to read. Oh, please, oh, please, listeners, wouldn't you have filled those awkward seconds with some of your <laughs> tweets? If you'd like to tweet us, you can tweet us. At Twitter, at twitter.com slash Game of Owns or at Game of Owns on Twitter, twitter.com slash Game of Owns. Of course, Facebook, we also read from. You can scroll upon our wall, facebook.com slash Game of Owns. Surprise, surprise. 
And email uh, is a, another form that you can contact us. Contact at gameofowns.com is our email. Address. If you would like to leave us some feedback on Facebook, haha, joking, uh, on iTunes, you can do so by uh, leaving <laughs> us a five-star rate and review. That's it. Just go on to your uh, Apple devices or your laptop. I guess that could be an Apple device too. Take your mom's phone too. She doesn't password protect it. You know she doesn't. That's true, and you can rate and review yeah. as uh, Eleanor six one seven. She's usually listening to Doctor Oz on her podcast app, but tonight she can listen to Goo. Yes. So uh, after you get done with your home and gardening podcast that you've been forced to listen to because you accidentally or purposefully in this case went on your mother's phone to rate and review our show, head back on over to your iPhone or your uh, MacBook or your desktop or any of those um, devices and uh, <laughs> head on over to iTunes. Yeah, I'd like to see that. I would like to start seeing that in our review. This review no. was posted on my mom's computer. I would like to see that. Don't do that. <laughs> Unless you want to, then you can. I guess this is where we tell people about um, what's happening next week, right? Yes. It's late. We're tired. Um, there's uh, a few days in front of us until the next week begins, which is crazy because I feel like this week just began, right? Where the hell is the time going? The show is now like 20 days away or something like that, right? Yeah. yeah. Something like that. I don't have the, I don't have Wix. Something like that. Yeah. But there, there's a, there's a smaller amount of days from now until the premiere of season four than there was at our last episode and then where there was last week. So it's safe to say we're closer to our goal of existing and living until we can finally see the the fourth season. But some people will be able to watch the fourth season before everyone else. Those people, in fact, are the ones in attendance of next week's premiere in New York City, where the carpet will be red and the wine will be blood. I mean red. The, the wine will be red as well. I don't know if I like the color red anymore. So that red carpet will wind its way, I'm sure, uh, down in a proverbial sense to the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York, uh, on March the 20th. Mm, only two days following. How convenient. Those very uh, lucky people who will be in attendance there will get a sneak peek. And by sneak peek, I mean full-fledged full frontal <laughs> episode one reveal. They're going to get the whole peek. 7,000 oh, people will be at the Barclays Center on March 20th, okay? So basically HBO looks to be throwing on a wildly intense party where a basketball team plays. So you're going to have a big screen. It's going to be nuts. I'm sure there's going to be delicious swag bags full of all different kinds of oddities and goodness that you can tell your friends about. Um, you can trust that Game of Owns will have a proper form of coverage in some case in regard. So next week, we will not be returning to our original programming. Instead, We'll be enjoying the festivities. Oh, yes. In that case, I want to leave everybody with a great review we got from Mike of House Burns. Ooh. It was the dead of winter. The first flakes of snow had fallen. The crops stopped growing, and the nights were only growing longer and longer. Of course, that which I'm referring to is when I completed my readings of all the books in the Song of Ice and Fire series and season three of Game of Thrones had come and gone. It felt as though I were in the middle of the haunted forest not knowing which way let out. Then what should appear in the skies above me but a four-headed dragon here to rescue me. <laughs> <laughs> that dragon's name is Game of Owns. You're the four-headed dragon. That's and cute. for 199 episodes, I have been thoroughly entertained and my excitement for the series has been rekindled. So thank you to the four heads of the dragon, Zach, Micah, Eric, and Selena. It's been a pleasure. Seven Hells, episode 200, 
just got posted. Gotta go listen. That is beautiful. With that, we will see you guys next week. Please don't kill us. We have only four heads between us. I'm Zach. I'm Eric. And I am Micah. Do we tell everybody to have a good weekend now? Because they should have one. (laughs) 